All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of our Nebraska Agricultural Educators Association podcast series made by Teachers for Teachers, supposedly, and with your host today, Emily Whipple, uh, and myself, Colin Kubik. In these podcasts, we are looking to answer questions given to us by teachers across our state. Our plan is to do a monthly podcast on a topic and hopefully bring in someone with more of an expert uh, than Emily, than myself um, on some of these topics. Um, but we'd also like to include information we gathered from our teachers across the state as well. And we will send that out when we send out this podcast. So you should have that if you are already listening to this. The first topic that we have chosen to talk about is setting boundaries with students. This could range from communication on the weekends, time after school, being able to say no, and feeling fine saying no, among some other areas that may come up. We know that this position can be 24-7 at times, and we need to be able to set some boundaries so we can give ourselves some time to de-stress, cut loose, and recharge when needed. We would like to start with Dr. Becky Haddad from UNL. Becky was hired by UNL this year, and we found out that she has some great experience with this topic. So we asked her to join us and give us some insight on how to help with setting boundaries. Hi, Becky. Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited. Hey, Colin. Hey, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So when we are going to start talking about the topic of setting boundaries, what are some things that you really recommend starting with? Well, that's a huge topic. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you are you're coming out swinging on episode one to start with start with boundaries and setting boundaries. And I think one of the first things that we need to do if we're thinking about setting boundaries is think about um, you know, how do I know a boundary's been crossed? How do I know I need a boundary in the first place? And so it's a little bit scary when somebody says you're you're an expert in boundary setting, like. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I don't know if anybody, if somebody out there has this mastered, um, we need to hear from you. But I think what you kind of become expert in is, is having your boundary crossed and learning how to rebuild that boundary and reinforce that boundary. And that takes some discipline, that takes some respect for yourself, that takes some accountability. When we think about, you know, what, what are those things we can do? I think that first thing is a check-in. And so when we think about our jobs, what are those areas where we just find ourselves feeling really angry or we're resentful or we're feeling really guilty about kind of the way that we're we're working are we feeling shameful or smothered about certain things are we feeling oh my goodness overworked if you can imagine in the intro hearing that we're working 24 7 sometimes um so the first thing is just to check in like am i feeling some of these things because we don't we don't want to stay there we don't want to say oh i feel angry and i'm okay feeling angry i just want to i'm gonna be angry well, no, we're angry about something. What, what is that thing? And then how do, once we, once we see that problem, then we can, then we can start moving forward. Right. And I think boundaries being crossed, you know, I think we can look at it from a few different aspects. Is it students or is it parents? And it could even be administration. Um, I know that when I first started, I really struggled with boundaries with students. And then it kind of transitioned because I didn't set boundaries with the students. So the parents didn't have boundaries. And that's something that you really just have to every day remind yourself, this is my boundary. And I think reminding ourselves too, that a boundary isn't something that's just, it's this hard wall, like we're hunkered down in our fortress and in our bunker. And like, it's, keeps everything out like it's it's a fence it's how we let things on and off our property how we mark this is this is mine and so some of it even before we start to think oh you know i'm angry or i'm resentful or i'm feeling smothered with this thing like what are those things we really want to protect like for me this really came about because i've got three little kids they're um 
seven, four and nine months old. So when I think about some of the things I need to protect between work and home, that, that looks different for me right now because I've got little kids. It's not, I'm not protecting the same things I was protecting when it was just me and my husband and no dog. Like, you know, what, so when we think about what that looks like, that, that life stage, that career stage, what your garden can look different. And so being open to, Hey, that might've been my boundary at one time. Maybe I need to adjust that. Maybe I need to think about, think about those things or, Hey, that didn't bug me before, but now I, I can't work at a certain time of night because that's bedtime or that's dinner time or whatever. So being okay with those adjusting too, as, as life changes happen, because life changes do. And I think something that's important um, along with doing that is being able to tell your students, tell parents that, um, hey, I am going to be gone over the weekend or I won't be available at, you know, this said time. Um, I think we're, you know, some of our teachers struggle with that because they are so caring uh, and empathetic that that they want to be there for their students. But yeah, we need some of that time and we need to set those boundaries, whether it's communication, whether it's texting. But yeah, we need to to set that and be clear with that. And I think remembering that that's, that's a service in itself. You know, we think about serving and caring and that being part of kind of who we are as teachers. Um, it's become very apparent to me having little kids. I think about especially my four-year-old, if you know, we're not firm with him with that. No, he's going to keep asking. So if we're wishy-washy about it and like, Oh, let me think about it. Like, well, how about now? How about now? How about now? How about now? And it's it's the same thing with any of our, any of our boundaries. When we're, when we kind of let those, let them slide or, you know, well, the next time you do this, this is going to happen. Okay. Well, no, the next time, no, the next, well, like how many next times are we going to give them before? before we put that down. And so when we're really kind of mushy with those boundary lines, we're not doing our students any service either. When they know the parameters they can work in and say, all right, I get Miss Whipple from, you know, three to four 30. And then she's, she's done, whether that's your timeline or not, Emily, I don't know, but okay. So this is the amount of time I have after school. I have to really focus in and I have to be ready and I have to have my things together. Whereas if I can just constantly be available, I might end up doing a lot more work than my students would should otherwise be doing. I actually last year set office hours and it was partially because, you know, we were in the middle of calving season. So I felt like I was going home and working and never shutting myself off and always being available because like Colin said, I really care about these kids and I want them to do well. So if they're going to ask me a question, I naturally want to respond. But I've had to tell myself it's okay to not respond immediately because I need to take care of myself before I can serve others too. Boundaries definitely don't mean you don't care. And I think that's what some some teachers think, like, oh, I guess I don't care. But you do. And Emily, you said it, like, you want them to do well, but if you can't get your time to recharge, you're not going to help them do well. So I think teachers need to think about that, too, that you got to have your time so you can come back stronger and not just be worn down all the time. Um, So you can be, be better for them so they can then do better. So that's a good point. I think that office hours is really powerful. Um, when we think about just, when we think even about it, just putting some bounds on our time, like this is what I'm going to get done in this chunk of time. I think for me being home with little kids during COVID, it was very telling. Like I had four hours a day that they were going to be occupying themselves or not. Like that is the time I could get work done. And if that was the time I had, like I really had to focus and I really had to be efficient, but work will fill the time that we leave it. So the more time we have, the more we will find to do and the more we will fill. So also thinking about like, what are those things that I want to be doing outside of work? 
what are those other things that that aren't just you know working out like you will always find work to fill your time we are we said in the intro this could be 24 7 if we wanted it to be <laughs> but we don't yeah i found when i was setting my office hours that I wanted to make myself available, but not too available. And so I kind of just took a look at what time do I want to have for myself? And I also put into account the kids' timelines because if they're not getting out of practice until six or 6.30, well, if I'm saying don't contact me after six o'clock, then I'm not really giving them a chance to get a hold of me either. So I think, you know, having those office hours and setting that contact boundary is important, but also making sure that like you're still being able to meet the needs of your kids in a respectful way for yourself. One of the things before I even like really, before I really knew the term boundaries, my students and I really got intentional with our program of activities one summer and said, all right, in addition to putting all of the FFA things we want to do up on this wall, what are the other things going on in your lives? So if you have livestock at home, when are you calving? When are you lambing? When are you doing like, when are you not available? Cause you've got stuff at home. Like, when are you wrestling? When is basketball? And like when my officers put up, this is wrestling and this is basketball and this is like all this stuff, the way we reoriented our January and February because none of the officer team was available, like <laughs> it, it was a game changer for us because it was also when a lot of the other our other students weren't available. So when we even think about helping our students learn to manage their time and learn to manage their own boundaries with the other things that they want to do, um, it's recognizing that all doesn't mean all at the same time either. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like when people have a boundary that's broken or, you know, if they've let their boundary down and they did something for a student, it might be hard for them to bounce back and reiterate that that is, in fact, a boundary moving forward. So do you have any recommendations on how to combat, you know, coming back from having a boundary broken? I think first it it takes a little humility, which kind of stinks. We all hate to eat that humble pie. But I think similar to any misstep or mistake you would make with your students in your class being willing to say hey i said that wrong just like you would with your content hey i said that wrong yesterday i need to correct that the same thing hey you know what i responded after nine for example with texting maybe you have a certain time at night where you're like nope i'm like i need some time to wind down i'm not responding to text messages after eight or nine p.m something came through you have to be looking at your phone anyway it was a quick response so you just did it go back and text during your regular hours to say hey you know, I sent that quick reply last night. I'm working really hard at not texting for work between these hours. I'm going to try to work on that in the future. So it's it's a constant communication thing. It sounds so easy to sit here on a podcast and say, just communicate, communicate your boundaries. But like, it's, it's a constant communication because I'm trying to enforce my own boundaries. You don't know it's a boundary until it's been crossed, which sounds really ridiculous. Like, and it makes it sound like it's even harder work than than it should be but a boundary is a limit and you don't often find that limit until something kind of comes up against it and is pushing on it and you go oh wait 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 i need to push back so some of that is getting okay in that area and just saying hey this is something i'm working on i would appreciate your help working on it don't text me after 9 p.m which will sound different depending on your on your students and your boundary but it is really just a constant communication game and i think one of the things that really helps with that communication is when you have policies or rules for what those things are. And so when we think about if it's texting, these are my texting hours, or these are my no texting hours. And if that's hard, like if the texting is one, we've got a lot of things about about texting in here. If texting is a tough one, 
use your smartphone things. Let your phone be smart. Like put your phone in do not disturb for a certain amount of time. So you're not getting those notifications. For my phone, when I'm working, I've said it so I can, when I flip it upside down, it's not going to buzz or vibrate. So I'm checking it on my desire to check it, not on like it's buzzing at me. So I feel like I need to look, I need to look, I need to look. So using some of those productivity tools, I think can be really helpful in enforcing those boundaries for yourself. And they're kind of like boundary training wheels, you know, and as, then as you get going, you kind of hit this point where you go, oh, hey, I haven't looked at my phone in like three hours. I just didn't need to. And nothing's on fire. The world didn't explode. Like everything was okay. We're recording this right now during state fair. Like pick a, pick a safe time to start that. Don't, <laughs> I'm kids stay fair. I'm going to shut my phone off. <laughs> no, now we're like, set yourself up for success here. Help, help yourself with some of those things. When we're thinking about some of that communication, some of those tools that you have available, but let yourself have some training wheels. Don't jump off the deep end and just like, I've never swum before. Here I go. Like, it's going to take a little, like wade in a little bit here. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, being able to reset those boundaries. <clears throat> I think we're all all have done that where we've let our boundaries get past us and then trying to reset those. And yeah, when is a good time to reset those, you know, don't kind of do it during the busy time, like, (laughs) um, that sort of thing. But yeah. And I think like what comes to mind is like state convention. I mean, your boundaries are probably crossed because you're working, you know, 24 seven and you got kids in hotel rooms a lot of times and you're trying to make sure everybody's safe. But then, yeah, that might be a thing to come back on Monday and say, hey, just so you know, we're back to not texting at this time. And so I really like that. I like that point that, that you brought up there. Um, one other thing, and as far as boundaries go, thinking about a new teacher that comes into a program that was very, very, very active something that a teacher had been there for 30 years and built that program up. And then you have a new teacher come in and they have 20 things that they've done and it's going to seem overwhelming. How can you say no? How can you be forceful knowing that you're in the community eye, you're in the administration eye? Do you have any thoughts about maybe how to handle those situations off the top of your head as we ask that question? (laughs) Well, Thank you for going into my other area of expertise, <laughs> which is you know, career transitions and teacher mobility. What you're bringing up is is a super real thing. And I think if nothing else, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going, oh, you're not alone if your boundaries have been crossed or if you're following in somebody's footsteps and they're like, wow, these are really big shoots. Like you're not alone in, in feeling that or having been in that position. So I think first and foremost, who's somebody you can reach out to who's also been in that position um, and who's navigated that, which again, sounds easy sitting here on our podcast and just do it. But you two would know better than I would names you could throw out there for who are some people who have done that really well. And I'll give you a minute to think about it. But I think also, you know, it goes back to there's, there's a little bit of introspection there of what do I want for my work and my career? What do I want for my personal life, where do those things merge? Can I have all the things I want in both of those areas? What am I willing to sacrifice to have those things? And some of that, you know, you're not gonna live in this perfect world once you've gotten good at owning your boundaries. Like there are still gonna be sacrifices. One of my colleagues was recently talking to me. She's got a four month old is starting back up at school and has a night class, but that's baby's bedtime. Like my baby's only a baby for so long. So do I let go of the class or let go of some other productivity to be home with my bait. Like you're still going to have to make, there's still going to be hard choices. 
It doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's life's just going to be easy. But when we think about back to the original question, coming into this community, like, are there going to be hard decisions? Yes. Are there going to be people who say that's not how so-and-so did it? Yes. Yes. You're not so-and-so. So some of your boundary is saying, I can really appreciate that, but how can we work together to make sure that we're putting something together? And so I think some of that is building coalitions quickly before you need something, introducing yourself, getting after people saying, like, hi, what do you know about? Okay, great. You really want to have that? I don't have the capacity to facilitate that. Who can help me with it? Great. You want to run with it? Please run with it. Great. Do it. Oh, or, oh, nobody, nobody can help. We might have to put that one on hold for this year. And keeping in mind, no doesn't mean not ever. No doesn't mean this is, you know, we're burying this and it's never going to come back. No can also just mean not now. So not this year while I'm a first year teacher getting my feet under me. No, we're not going to go on this crazy giant trip where I don't have enough chaperones or, you know, whatever. I'm not going to, as a, as a first year teacher in a district, maybe your policy is I'm not going to put myself in a position that I'm not confident with students. So either I need extra help or I need other teachers to support this. I need community involved with coaching or whatever that is. So there's some clarity in just knowing what do I want? How do I ask for that? But then also just going back to say, all right, here's what I can do. Here's what I need your help with. And I think often if we ask our communities to help us out, our communities are waiting. What can we do? And so if we're willing to use the help that we ask for, I think we're going to find a lot of a lot of reception there as well, even if we're filling big shoes and saying, I can't do all of it. When I was in college, I very vividly remember Chad Schimmel's saying to me, you can't do it all. You can't do it all, so don't try to do it all. And that has just stuck with me from the moment he said it to I'm starting year four, so I guess year four. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And and I was lucky enough that the ag teacher that I replaced had been there for a little while, but you know I was able to attend the banquet and his comments were to the group was, they're not me. They may do things differently and that's okay. Embrace it and move on with it type thing. So I was very fortunate that that was said for me and it, it made things go a lot smoother for me. And then bringing up the point of, you know, you can't do it all. You can't, you can't. Yeah, that's got to be the realization that, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's um, like Becky had said is, is help finding people to help you or saying, yeah, we can do that, but you're going to, you're going to run it. And that's something that, that I've learned in the last few years. And we have a lot of kids in our program and, and a lot of times it's, it's them leading it and them finding the people to help them because whatever, how many CD contests we have and LDEs, we're not going to be experts at everything. So yeah, so we always have kids kind of help with that. And that's, that's helped tremendously in our program and keeping us a little bit more sane as well. So well, that's how you want it to be. It's, it's the kids yeah. program. Um, yep. And yep. I think exactly. if you're, if you're listening and you're going, I just, I can't say no, like I cannot be that forward with whoever it is that's asking this thing of me, then defer and mm-hmm. get some, get some people behind you who will help you say no. So if you're a new teacher in a program saying, you know what, let me check my calendar. Let me check with my admin. Let me check with my co-teacher, you know, soften it a little bit. You know, if forward isn't your thing, that's okay. <laughs> um, but have some of that buffers and some partners in that to say, you know what, that's not our vision for our program right now. Like that's not our focus. That's something admin said we maybe you shouldn't do like, and, and that, and that's okay too. You don't have to just straight out. No, no, no. All the time. If that's a little scary for you. 
<laughs> I like the, I need time to think about that. And I, I say that a lot <laughs> yeah. to my kids. Let me think about it. We'll see. And then sometimes I come back to it and sometimes they ask about it and sometimes they don't ever ask about it again. So it kind of works there. So it can give you some indication too about how much somebody wants it to, if they're going to bug yeah. you about it again. Oh, all right. It calibrates <laughs> a little bit to say, yeah, okay, this is something you do really want to do versus, yeah. oh, this is a cool idea, but nobody's going to champion it. Ah, so we didn't come back to it. Sorry. In a lot of cases. Yep. Yeah. It never came back or it never got done because yeah, they're in charge. So yeah, you do it. If it don't happen, it don't happen. So we've kind of discussed a lot of things um, here in the last 20, 20 some minutes. We kind of just want to do wrap up a checklist of things we've talked about. The first thing I wrote down for Becky, and then I'll let her kind of take over is, is starting with that check-in and that's that starting point in what you're struggling. Yeah. Right? Take that check-in. What are you feeling? What's causing that feeling? And then is that something I need to communicate so that I don't stay feeling that way? So if I'm feeling resentful, because I am constantly working, all right, what work hours do I need to set? Am I feeling smothered because I am getting texts at all hours of the day? What boundary do I need to maybe set on my texting? And so when we think about, you know, all right, I'm feeling these things. We talked about a couple strategies that we can do to kind of take care of those things. We talked about make a rule, set a policy. You know, it's my policy not to respond after this time at night. I have a rule for my family or my family has a rule that we're not gonna have our phones out at dinner. Whatever that thing is that makes the most sense for you, recognizing that not everyone's are going to look the same. So respecting other people's, staying accountable to yours, and, and being comfortable with that. And if you're feeling not so forward about saying no, defer, check. Check the calendar, check with your admin, check with your advisory board. The last thought I would leave you that we didn't cover as far as strategies were concerned. One of my friends and I, actually Haley Trainee out at Oregon State, who does a lot of this boundary work with me as well. One of her recent things that she said to me that her mantra for this year, she said is gonna be, if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. If it's not a, yep, we're all in and everybody can do this, we're going. If I'm just kind of lukewarm on it or like, yeah, I could. Well, sure, there are a million things you could do. What do you want to do? What fits with your vision for your program? What fits with your community's vision and the things that really that are really thriving there? The other test that I would just end on is, is the tomorrow test. You don't have any more hours in the day tomorrow. You don't get any more days in the week next week. You don't get any more months. There's The year does not get any longer except in a leap year, and that doesn't count. So when we think about, like, how much time I have, we're so good at being like, well, next week, next, clearly I will have more time in the future than I have right now. Like, but it's always something. So if I don't have time to do it tomorrow, am I really going to have time to do it next week? And some of that, when we defer and say, let me check my calendar, it's also, what do I need to rearrange to make sure I can do this by whatever time or in a reasonable amount of time? And so really it's some rethinking about our time, about our calendar, about how do I communicate? This is when I'm available. And this is what I'm available to do and what I'm not. Emily and Colin, thanks so much. It was really fun to get to to chat with you on your inaugural Nebraska Ag Teachers podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We were super excited to uh, get to talk to you about this topic. Yeah, thanks so much. And, and just some great information uh, that you brought to the table. And, and hopefully our listeners um, can take something from there and be able to implement that uh, in the near future. After State Fair, as it sounds. <laughs> Uh, after state fair so um as that's coming up so but yes thank you and appreciate it as always and 
uh, look forward to, I say this for all teachers, work, look forward to working with you in, in the future in the state of Nebraska. So, um, thank you so much. very much.